Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. Double Deuce. Here with the Double Deuce, deucing it up again, episode 260. 60. Wow. Wow. We're really climbing that hill to, to 500, one foothold at a time. Like, yep. that, like that show, uh, Free Solo. Um, where time have- continues to move, and we continue to perform our task within it. And, and today, helping us to perform that task, uh, one of Lawrence's finest footholds, Nick Spacek. Hi, Nick. Hi, I'm running up that hill like Kate Bush. <laughs> you are, are uh, going up a hill and coming down a mountain, my friend. Uh, I, I, I have not seen that movie, but I, I know of which you speak. Uh, Hugh, Hugh Grant being charming in English. Uh, go. It's what you think it is. Uh, 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 I just do that for 10 minutes? Yeah, like in the, in the countryside, not the city. <laughs> yeah, this time he's not in London. Yeah, that been the tag. This time he's not in London. I mean, though, I feel like that's back before we'd been in London so much. Like that's an older one. I feel like yeah. the London, the London Grant. That's like the that's like the serious Tom Hanks Grant. You know, the <laughs> London Grant. It's the same. Like no more frivolous countryside Grant. Yeah, yeah. I, I long for a day of frivolous countryside Grant. Mm-hmm. How do you get one of those? Is there you do grants? Like how how do you apply for like a frivolous countryside grant? Uh, yeah, you you basically uh, you have to you have to apply, and uh, the the big trick is to you know uh, already sound like you don't need to be in the frivolous countryside, and then they'll want to put you in the frivolous countryside. That's that's, that's, yes. Always one of the things that I've heard about grants that makes the least sense to me, like pretend like you don't need the money and then you'll get the money. Well, it's like, I do need the money. That's why I'm applying for this grant to get the money. Why are you telling me to act like I don't need the money when I absolutely need the money? It doesn't make any sense to me, but there you go. Money and doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why I don't have any. I think you should write a, a, a grant for a countryside grant that we can send to Hugh Grant to try to get like Hugh Grant to do like a, a countryside Zoom with us. I, the Hugh Grant grant? Yeah, yeah. A country, you know, actually, let's do this thing. Let's, let's put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. You could get Grant Imahara, the, the dude from, uh, from that show on Discovery uh, to, to do all the special effects, the, the, the Mythbusters guy. He died. Oh God! Oh wow! Oh oh! A posthumous Grant Grant Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah. Um, <gasps> wow! Way to kill that conversation. Now that's, that's the end of the episode, lady. Down the mood, spacing. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's ruined children's lives by continually bringing up the death of Grant MythBusters Grant Grant Mahara. Mahara, that's I. I don't watch a lot of Mythbusters. It's been a while, but I used to back in the day. Yeah, that was Mythbusters Corner, ladies and gentlemen, where we discussed. 
<laughs> everything Mythbusters. You know, a lot of people don't understand how meticulously planned these episodes are. Mm-hmm. They think that we're just sort of talking out of our ass most of the time, and they don't realize how much pre-prep goes into making it sound like it's flowing like this. That's true. That was all scripted. Yep, everything here is scripted. Speaking of things that are scripted, I, I, I've got to do I've got to do the Applebee's ad. Uh, okay, a- Applebee's. If if you haven't had sex next to a swamp, at least now you know what it smells like. Applebee's. I just wanted to let that one in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you just say taste the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's right, I wish this will continue until you pay us. Don't forget. <laughs> You can contact our lawyer at Spicy Beef Gauss on Twitter with, with any kind of paperwork. No other contact details or information. That's the only way to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Or you could like you could you could message us on, on Facebook if you if you want to do this without lawyers. Which they may well, you never know. Uh-huh. Applebee seems like a handshake deal kind of place. <laughs> so we brought on and we've we just we've just been ignoring him so far sorry nick uh welcome welcome a thousand welcomes let's talk about you nick let's talk about your your life your dreams your hopes H- how would you feel about hanging out in the countryside with you grant uh i think it would be uh charming although awkward and i'm sure that it, it would guarantee um shenanigans i uh, uh of some sort likely involving uh the colorful inhabitants of whatever um village happens to be nearby whatever manor house in, in which he is staying <laughs> that that's a fairly comprehensive and and uh an accurate answer i think so uh, i have no i have no, uh, no objections uh your honor I think I think it would be I think it would be delightful. Um, I don't know how to apply for that grant. I will be applying for the Hugh Grant grant, um, and uh, hopefully not uh, making children cry by bringing up the death of a beloved uh, television sidekick. <laughs> you got to be careful. A lot of kids listen to this. <laughs> um, drinking. <laughs> now, Nick, you're. A multitude. You contain multitudes, Nick's basic. You're a man of vast talents. Um, the the brains behind um, the the from and inspired by podcast. Yes, and uh, as well as uh, a freelance writer for such um, such places as Sunflower Publishing, who which is going to bring me to my next sponsorship corner when we get done with this. I want to talk a little bit about that. Put a pin in it, uh, and and also, um, you're are you the music editor for the pitch? Is that right? I am uh, since March. Awesome. Well, so like, what's that world like? Is it is it as exciting as it sounds? I mean, because I kind of picture you like um, virtually hanging with a lot of of cool people and cool bands and and um, doing a lot of Zoom coke and you know like constantly partying and and uh, like jumping into pools and and like absolutely fabulous shit all the time, twenty four seven. Is that how it rolls? Uh, you mean yeah, almost famous I mean- or or. Or were you? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, almost the same thing, right? Yeah, very similar. Okay, good. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a lot of uh, Skype and Zoom calls uh, with 
choppy video and weird audio where I just uh, randomly have discovered that because it's a pandemic and nobody can tour, they're only too happy to like promote their shit in any way they possibly can. So um, it's great. It's also like, I keep discovering like that, like if I can't find somebody who has like an actual publicist, I just randomly put shit out on Twitter. Like, I wonder if tag actor musician or whatever would be interested in doing this. And then I just get like a message, like a, a, like a couple hours or the next day later <laughs> where it's just like, uh, what's up? What do you want to do? Which is why tomorrow I am talking with beloved character actor, Timothy stack. Um, what? Oh, that's nice. Uh, who, who, who you may recall from such shows as Punky Brewster. Uh, he played uh, Parker Lewis's dad on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. But more specifically, we will be talking about his mid-90s uh, talk show parody, Nightstand with Dick Dietrich. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I remember vaguely him from Punky Brewster because I was a huge Punky Brewster fan. Don't ask don't tell and um yeah but i i did not know he had a mid 90s uh talk show satire show that's hilarious it's, it's fantastic i have a stack of bootleg dvds you're more than welcome to borrow at any point because it is available <laughs> in no official way whatsoever <laughs> isn't isn't it amazing to find those gems of things that are just not available it's like youtube has given us access to so much shit that that finding things you know, it has like credibility, you know, it makes it, makes it that much more interesting. I feel uh, like there's Viva still that right. chunk of, of like time where before, like right before the internet and before, like a little before like DVDs and stuff where they haven't been able to quite get all that shit digitized yet in, in a good way, like to find it. Like I'm always looking for like every now and then I'm stymied by looking for a gift from like a fucking like movie from like 84 and it's just there's no gifts that exist yet because the kids don't know about it and i'm always like damn it come on somebody we need some gif historians to be going back and like filling in the <laughs> filling in the lost time that, that we need to fill in of some choice gifts that we're missing out on sorry to interrupt oh no i feel like we we, we need more like gifts from say uh rad uh bmx bandits uh j just that whole mid 80s thing where it's just movies that are about uh, very niche interests that suddenly within the scope of that film seem to be the biggest thing ever exactly like Red Dawn exactly yeah. uh, only that haven't been remade terribly <laughs> speaking of I'm still waiting for my goddamn gleaming the cube reboot and I'm going to be real unhappy if we're not getting that and Christian Slater doesn't doesn't have a guest part somewhere in that movie um because I'm also I'll also be disappointed if it doesn't also have like the Vietnamese weapon smuggling subplot that gets his brother killed <laughs> like gleaming the cube is crazy <laughs> it's insane. the weirdest part is is I remember seeing gleaming the cube like years and years ago and then like seeing some other movie pop up like on tv and it was like oh it's a christian slater movie i've never seen called a brother's justice and we get like <laughs> two minutes in, and i'm like wait this is gleaming the cube right like they're gonna have the, like the skateboard thing where they're all like doing the train behind like the truck uh -huh. and running out like oh no no this is 100 percent gleaming the cube <laughs> 
they rename it at some point? <laughs> it has evidently another, I know it's known as a brother's justice and I think there's another name for it. Maybe even another, like it's got, it's, it's like watching like a terrible like drive-in movie from the 60s or 70s where it's just got mm. like eight different titles. <laughs> I like, like the idea of it's almost because it's not like there was that much in it that I could see you having to cut for broadcast cable, but it's maybe like we can get it on more channels if it's got a name that seems more serious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, there are two that I always get mixed up because in the 80s, there was also that, that period of like you'd have movies that were seemed really simple. <laughs> like entitling like like uh weird science and and my science project very different movies but they kind of came out at the same time and they had very similar titles so in my memory it's easy to stop but like cloak and dagger and daryl both came out really <laughs> to each and either like both the covers look the same i feel yeah. like both involve like uh, young, young like boys who are at the center of some international conspiracy. One happens to be a robot. The other one plays video games. And of course, in Cloak and Dagger, I was all about that because of the fucking video game connection. He like you know he's got the cartridge that has all the top secret documents in it in a game that you have to win the game to unlock it. It's like how fucking cool is that? You know when you're when you're a twelve year old boy and you're like yeah that seems like my life should be. My favorite part about Cloak and Dagger is that that dude not only wrote that movie, he wrote Fright Night, Child's Play, and Class of 1984. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Yeah. The only reason the only reason I know that is I watched literally like just this afternoon uh, another movie he wa- uh, he did called Scream for Help, which is fucking insane, uh, and highly recommend everyone check out. There you go. Scream for help. Cloak and Dagger's wild. It's got some like legitimate scary henchmen and shit. It's it gets intense. There's like a bunch of murders. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's super violent for like something I watched at the Cinema Twin back when there was a Cinema Twin. Uh, way <laughs> There's back. that sweet old couple that keeps like chloroforming and shooting people. <laughs> yep. And Dabney Coleman, who's who just looks like he should be every schlock 80s, 90s horror writer, author cover photo in the world, right? I mean, who is both his boring pilot dad and also the like character from the game that he loves. <laughs> oh, man, uh, it's been a long time. You remember more Cloak and Dagger than I do. I just remember it had a sweet ass video game cartridge and a bunch of death. I watched it a while back. It's been a it's been a minute, but still like within the last ten years. So part more of it is fresh. I, I, I was like, this holds up. I thought it held up. <clears throat> oh, so I got to tell you, uh, how come we're sponsored by Sunflower Publishing now? Yeah, and don't think you're off the hook. By the way, Applebee's our things is, is a different thing. No, we want to keep getting that money in. I mean, the whole point of this thing was so that we could get uh, a lot of money because, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Nick, you can attest to this. Podcasting is a, is a treasure mine. It's it's like a treasure mine, isn't it? Oh, it's it, it just, it's, they're just backing trucks up to my front porch and just dumping bags of money onto it. It's it's. It's awkward because you live on kind of like a you live on a road that like is, is relatively narrow, and so like trying to get trucks are backed up, it really creates a hassle. 
get into the hospital. It really is. Like the neighbors park in the street a lot, so like it has to like thread a needle. It's but uh anyway, yeah, so so uh, out of the blue, after not having done any commission work in um, maybe about 18 months to two years, something like that. Uh, I get a check from Sunflower Publishing um, for a decent amount. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into details here. Cause that would be, I mean, it, it was tr- like two truckfuls worth of money. And, um, and, and I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. Well maybe the, and I tried was it I, like, wait, was it like, was it two separate trucks or was it, did they do that thing where like the really big truck where they like, put the two trucks like behind it like the super long axle kind of thing it was like a super long axle truck but in a check form because okay. i think and then they they grabbed the trucks and it was bring just like one giant check yeah it was like it was like a big like like fucking the kind that you give to charities when you want to like seem mm-hmm. really like you you like you're, you're walking around with a big business dick energy going on um anyway a truck yeah, so I get this big, I get this check, this normal size check that's the but a but big two truck size money, and um, it's from Sunflower Publishing. And I could have called and been like, "Hey, I think this is something weird with this because I haven't done any work for you in a long, long time, in almost two years." But instead, I decided to cash the check because I, I just justified it to myself, saying, "Hey, you know, probably this is a commission. Like, this is this is you know some back money for something that they forgot to pay you for, and you forgot to." to ask for or you know maybe it's just uh maybe it's like uh, royalties because your work is so good and sought after so uh, i just went ahead and i and i, and I cast it and I, I bought a nice like bottle of scotch because i'm like hey free big truckload checks full of money and um then i get a call about uh that, that was like three weeks ago and then i get a call like a couple days ago from the publisher or from one of the guys at, at the sunflower publishing and, and he's like hey there, it seems like there's been a i want to ask you if you want some work and I'm like I'd, I'd love more work. I, I just got done, you know, with the big truckfuls of money from the last job that I didn't do, and um, he's like, "Yeah, about that." So we were uh, the accountants were actually supposed to send a, a check to uh, Tom Averill, um, and that's my uncle. My uncle Tom apparently did some work for Sunflower Publishing. Uh, yeah, he's supposed to send it to Tom Averill, and they and they, they chose the wrong Averill. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, I got to go now." And he's like, "No, no, no. Um, I don't, I don't want the money back." I'm like, "That's good because it's spent." And um, and he's like, "Yeah, I just want you to. You, you I guess you've got a commission now." Uh, and I, I'm like, well, what, what does that entail? And he's like, well, you can do this and this and this and this, or you can, you know, like have Double Deuce sponsor the the Sunflower or Sunflower sponsor Double Deuce for a while. So I'm like, okay, we, we were looking for sponsors. This is perfect. This will work out. So we're we're sponsored by Sunflower Publishing for a little while. Um, and then I texted my uncle and said, I got your money. <laughs> he, he, oh, well, I hope you spend it on something good. And I sent him a picture of the bottle of scotch. And he's like, oh, I want to cut. And I'm like, nope. So what you're saying is this this official Will Averill uh, puppet line drop that's about to come up here is sponsored by Sunflower Publishing. When you want Will Averill puppet drops, look to Sunflower Publishing for your publishing needs. Such drops like this. Hell, when he escaped from the Spectrum Hospital, Talbot stashed him in. Hell, when he escaped from the Spectrum Hospital, Talbot stashed him in, he cooked up one of their flight surgeons like a hot dog in a microwave. We always take the pause, and we don't really take the pause, right? I mean, I don't don't mind having at least it's like a second or two, but then we just keep pausing because I'm always writing down the time and, and the, yeah. 
But Nick, you know that feeling like you get money and you're like, I'm pretty sure I don't know what this is, but I might have forgotten something I did a while back because you do like a lot of side gigs or, or a lot of freelance gigs. Yeah, like, it gets confusing. Well, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, money showed up in the mail. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. Yeah, I'm not going to like I I wish that I was well off enough to where I could like get a check in the mail and call somebody and be like, I think you've made a mistake, but no, I just assume that like, I'm just like, Oh, th- if you're sending me money, there's a reason for it. And I'm not going to argue about it. So it wasn't extraordinarily socially unacceptable to have cashed it. Right. I mean, I shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't worry about that. that like, as long as your name was on it and not your uncle's name. Yeah. I had no idea I had any connection to my uncle until after I found out that that was just icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. done work for them in the past so it's not like outside the realm of possibility and and in case anybody's worried about my uncle who by the way w- attended right iowa writers workshop and has like three or four novels out so he's like raking in the huge bucks by now like don't worry about him they three went tr- three truck checks for he, old uncle tom guy well, I mean, like he that motherfucker has a whole basement pool filled with money that he Scrooge McDucks in. You know he does. Right there in Potwin. I can't remember the exact address, but um we can get that and put it in the uh <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna put my uncle's address mm-hmm. uh with all the money. But anyway, just to say there's there's money buried in Potwin, everybody. There's money in Potwin. Uh so yeah, no, he yeah, he's 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 filthy rich and um it's not going to affect him. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, he, he would have just, he would have just uh, lit it on fire in his chimenea, his diamond encrusted chimenea that he's got for his money that he doesn't want as much. I only accept gold bars. He'll scream into the night as he burns the money. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, the moral of the story is I put it to good use and sunflower publishing owns us for the next sort of 18 months or so. That's right. Every time you get a drop like this. Who gives a shit? He's not your kid. Give him a gun. Let's see what happens. That drop just came to you from Sunflower Publishing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You're throwing those drops in on the rag now. I mean, I, I, I felt like I felt like, you know, driving home the fact that they're they're sponsoring it. I'm giving them I'm giving them two drops this first time, you know. Make make it make him feel make him feel you, special. You, I don't know if you heard the story behind this, but I got a I agreed to do some voiceover work for um uh, the husband of a of a friend of mine in L.A. Uh, who's a really nice dude, and I agreed to do this this voiceover stuff. And I I did. You no, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're we're at 22 minutes, and we just and we have told this story a couple times on the podcast. <laughs> So I was just going to uh, to say we should probably be wrapping it up. We were going to talk about the Mandalorian, maybe. Should we do that in the next episode, or do you want to do it? We now? could. We'll be behind on it then. At that point, we're going to do it real quick. Okay, so let's talk about it right now. I'll let our yeah. guest because I uh, was babbling about other things. Mm-hmm. It must be Oliphant. Like he's in everything I'm enjoying right now. Like mm-hmm. I, like he's amazing in the current season of Fargo, and like like he comes on and he's wearing like it's not a spoiler he's wearing mandalorian armor and it's fucking amazing and it's timothy oliphant like you'll find out why uh 
I, d- I dug that it's the it, it's the it's a character from one of those little like grapes of wrath little side vignettes from the fucking Wendig trilogy there that the aftermath trilogy is one that's it's introduces that character so it was dope seeing him it was dope that it was timothy oliphant when he showed up so i was like wait a minute are they is it that guy when he was like going to tatooine i'm like oh shit it's that guy (laughs) well and the best part is is i love the fact that it's timothy oliphant playing the marshal and then the dude playing the bartender is the guy who played the bartender on deadwood so like (laughs) Uh, I read like some like crazy Twitter thread from that guy and talking about it. And he's just like asking like John Favreau, it's like, can we throw in a few like cocksuckers just for like old times sake? And uh, John Favreau is like, no, we got to go. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I, it was, it was interesting to start off the, uh, the, the new season with a, with a total side quest. Cause it just felt like a video game, like level up side quest. Like, you know, you, you, you go to, you, you think you're getting along with the plot, but it's like, well, let's just veer over here a little bit and take care of this, this, this big monster that I'll, I'll help you level up. Um, but it was, a, it was, it was done in a, a real fun way. Um, I like the, I like the, 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 the Tuscan Raider, uh, <laughs> the whole Tuscan Raider villager subplot. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that like Amy Sedaris, like at no point in in my life would I have ever guessed that like Amy Sedaris is going to be a recurring character within the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Like like, he lands on Tatooine and he's like, I was like, oh shit, it's her again. This is great. (laughs) Like they are there. I don't know if this is fan service or whatever, just like, or world building. uh, Because sometimes it's, it's hard to tell between the two, but Mm -hmm. like it, it, made me very very happy i'm also very very happy they're dropping one big lump yeah yeah it's funny how how binge watching became a thing because they drop everything for so long in a big lump and now we're going back to serialization or, or back to a, a schedule and it, uh it, it's also kind of nice in its own way so you have something to look forward to in, in throughout the week they did it with the most recent season of the boys and it made my life so it's so nice to have something to like look forward to as opposed to just be like i have to watch it all before somebody fucks it up on twitter (laughs) yeah exactly especially for the services that don't drop like the the fuselage of content like netflix does i feel like netflix it's easy enough to drop it all at once because they drop like five shows a week so we're but like a an amazon or a Disney Plus aren't dropping shit on that on that kind of a schedule. They gotta give you a reason to stay subscribed. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, it's gonna take two months. That means you have to be subscribed for at least two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the hell of it. I'm so happy it's back. That's all yeah. I, I feel like saying. I don't want to ruin anything if people haven't caught up yet. I was not expecting it to be back uh, quite so soon, and uh, like it just kind of came out of the blue. I'm like, oh shit! I mean, I knew it was coming up. I just didn't realize it was like that close. So it's really, really good to have it back. Are they even starting like pre-production shit on the third season? Because so much of it they can do just on like big sound stages and shit with like a small amount of people. So they're like, we can do this thing. This will work. The one guy that's always around is wearing a fucking mask all the time. He can be wearing <laughs> another mask underneath that. It's <laughs> a lot of these you can work some shit in. Okay. Oh, 
All right. Well, we fooled around long enough. I, I'm, I'm the one who sees the time, and it's we've we've gone we've gone over, but it's, uh, for, it's for good cause. Double twos. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming, Nick. Uh, may, maybe you'll be back next week. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Maybe I'll tell you that story about the time. With, never mind. Double twos. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad. This outro sounds even worse. Thank you for listening to the Double Deuce Podcast. We'd love it if you wanted to get a hold of us and let us know what you thought. You can reach us at DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at DoubleDeucePod or Facebook, Double Deuce Podcast. Yeah, and also you should uh, subscribe and you should rate and review and things. I hear that's good stuff to do and it makes us feel good. And on the inside. Yep, and the outside. Both. I was walking with a limp, and then Rob Schulte left us uh, a nice review one time, and then my leg was healed. I threw my crutches to the ground, and I was healed because of your love. Give me your love. I need to eat your love and grow strong. Double deuce. Ah!